Thank the Lord for this opportunity to be able to share a word with you. And I thank Pastor Mark for this privilege. I wanted to start off by saying that it doesn't matter. If you pray like this. Doesn't matter if you're in your car and you're praying like this. Lord, take this traffic out. When I get to PCC, I need a parking. It doesn't matter if you're walking your neighborhood and you're praying. Look at all these lost souls, Lord. Give them a chance, even if it's at that, that last moment. What's important is that you do pray, because prayer matters. And all these past days, if you've been coming to the services on Wednesday and Sundays, the Lord has confirmed this word that I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to speak about Philippians 4, 6 through 7. We're going to touch upon it. And it says the following. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And you know what happens when you do that? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you realize it, but these words were written by Paul when he was in prison. He wasn't home. He wasn't vacationing. He was in prison. And the prisons we have nowadays cannot be compared to how they were before. They were torture chambers. But he wrote this epistle. He could have been killed at any time, but he knew he had a calling upon his life and he knew he had to write these letters to encourage those who were sharing the gospel. He knew that once you are sharing the word, the enemy is going to try anything in his hands to discourage you. And one of the biggest discouragements that often comes to us is not praying. Boy, he knows that there is power in praying. And it's, you don't even have to shout. You can pray in your mind. You can pray as you're walking. You can pray as you're driving. You can pray as soon as you open your eyes in the morning. But he tries to sabotage that because he knows that that's the most powerful weapon that we have. While he was in prison, Paul experienced a different perspective on worry because of his relationship with God. So instead of worrying and instead of Asking himself, why me and why not one of the other apostles, the other disciples? He didn't ask that. He just took it in. And even as he was there, he would send letters of encouragement. I don't know about you, but when you're down and you're going through a very difficult moment, the least thing that comes through our minds is to encourage somebody else. On the contrary, we want someone to encourage us. But you see, the, he learned, and many of us will learn also, that anything that happens in our lives is not a coincidence. There's a purpose to it. I was reading not too long ago a devotional, and the, it was entitled, The Cost of Discipleship. And Bonhoeffer wrote, when Christ calls a man, and a woman as well, he bids him to come and die. And in the beautiful ups and downs of this world, of the gospel, that is where we find life. 
The fragile and temporary nature of our mortal lives no longer causes us fear because Jesus has promised us life everlasting with him. So no matter what we go through as we're living here, he is by your side and his word shall come to pass in your life. As I was meditating on this, I saw someone quote saying, before making decisions, we should pray and listen to God. A friend of mine said, prayer is my weapon. But I have to say something also. Beloved, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. I'm going to speak about three things as I share this word. I'm going to speak about what is prayer, what prayer is not, and evidence that prayer matters. So what is prayer? One definition, because there may be many more. Prayer is a relationship wherein we humbly, and I stress humbly, we don't come with attitudes to the Lord. Lord, what's up? What, what happened with this? Why are you doing this to me? Why not her? No, we come humbly because we recognize who we are addressing. Prayer is a relationship wherein we humbly communicate, worship, and sincerely seek God's face, knowing that he hears us, loves us, and will respond, though not always in a manner that we expect or desire. Prayer can encompass confession, praise, worship, supplication, intercession, and more. But you know something that might hurt God's heart? I know it hurts mine. Do you know people that they only come to you when they need something? It's easy to say, hmm, but are we guilty of that? Do we only come to the Lord and devote time to him without thinking about what we have to do afterwards just because we need something or just because he is? We have to think about that. The Bible is clear that God knows everything. He's omniscient. And in Psalm 139, 2 through 4, he says the following. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word in my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. And in that psalm, one thing that ministered to me when I was a teenager, there's a part in Psalm 139 that he says that it was written everything that was to come as we were born. And I realized as a teenager, so then those pimples, all those things that I really don't like, you created me and that's all fine. And I realized, you know what? Don't compare yourself to someone else because each and every one of us, believe it or not, is a masterpiece. He created you. You may look and resemble other people, but you are a masterpiece. With God-given gifts, and God will use them in his time. And we need to embrace that and understand that. What prayer is not? I'm going to mention five things that prayer is not. Okay? Prayer is not magic. We cannot summon God as though he were a genie waiting to grant our wishes without regard for our circumstances, or the consequences. We can't come to him with this laundry list and say, here, Lord, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to pray because you're omniscient. You know everything I need, so here. In prayer, 
Prayer is not so much for the Lord as it is for us. It's how we come before him. How we humbly come before him, recognizing all our shortcomings and knowing that everything that he created in us is to glorify him. Even when you do something like they say, kind, uh, acts of kindness, really, there isn't a lot of kindness in many of us. It's the grace of God that puts us in those divine setups, I call them. And he touches our heart to touch someone else, to reach out, to be there for someone being there can be just sitting next to someone. Being there can be visiting someone when they're in their deathbed. Being there can be someone that goes and reaches out because the Lord placed it in your heart. Another thing that prayer is not, prayer does not make demands. While we can make requests of God in our prayer, we dare not make demands. God is the creator of the universe and does not take orders from us. So let's get it straight. We can say, Lord, have mercy. But who are we to say, God, strike him. God, do this. God, do that. No, 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 no. I, I, I would prefer the Lord every now and then to say, do you know who you're talking to? Maybe we wouldn't be the way we are. Another thing that prayer is not, prayer is not for our benefit, rather prayer is for our benefit, not God's. We need a relationship with God available to us through Jesus Christ and engaged primarily through prayer because we were made to function best when we are in a proper relationship with our creator. I don't know about you, but I love when I'm able to go away and participate in a conference, participate in a retreat, and just forget about all my surroundings and just stay there and be blessed by the Lord and be ministered. Whenever you leave places like that, oh my gosh, it's almost like Moses in the Bible. Your face is different. People see you and it's like, I remember when I was teaching middle school here in New York City, I had gone to a retreat that weekend. And when I got to my class, the students were like, hey, miss, what's up? You look different. And I looked at my clothes. They said, no, there's something about you. And I was like, Lord, it's you. It's your reflection. It's his grace upon our lives. Another thing that prayer is not, prayer, and this might be hard to listen to, Prayer is not a guaranteed against suffering. John 16.33 says, In this world, you will have trouble. And in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, it says the following, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. As though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I don't know what you're going through. You might not know what I'm going through. But the best thing is to know that he's right there with us. And he's, he's strengthening us. He's embracing us. He knows what we need. Another thing that prayer is not. Prayer <clears throat> prayer is not an opportunity to show off. Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, do not be like a hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. 
I don't know about you, but I love praying quietly on the side. Nobody needs to hear, just my Lord and I. So let's not use prayer. Let's pray. Let's not use prayer. Now let's talk about some evidence that prayer, in fact, does matter. That prayer makes a difference. We're going to look at some scriptures and I'll share some personal stories as well. Who comes to mind when we think about prayer? Job. We know what happened to Job because we read the scriptures, but he never knew why what happened happened. But he remained faithful. He interceded for his children. He would wake up and he would just present offerings unto the Lord and say, just in case my children have sinned against you. God blesses us with children for a season. And it behooves us to invest in their lives while they are in our care. Make sure if anything that you do with your kids, make sure that they see you when you pray. That makes an impact. I've seen grown men say that they have memories of seeing their parents praying. Don't just tell your kids pray. Pray with them. And I'll put a little parenthesis here. When anyone comes to you or calls you or texts you and says, I need prayer, stop what you're doing and do it right there and then. Because you know what happens? We forget. Let's be honest. We forget. And when someone says, I need prayer, they need prayer right there. You don't need a microphone. You don't need anyone to hear you. You pray and be obedient. I've learned in my Christian walk that when I'm obedient to God, guess what? I become the answer of someone else's prayer. I remember being in a service one time, and the Holy Spirit was manifesting itself. And all of a sudden, and I know the Lord by this point, so I'm obedient. The Lord tells me in my ear, go and pray for so-and-so. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I like to be obedient. And I went to that person. I prayed with her. A year and a half later, I see this young woman, and she was leading one of the ministries. And I went up to her and I said, oh my gosh, you don't know how much joy it causes me to see how you're ministering. She says, no, pastora. No, no, no. You remember that day when you prayed for me? I said, yes. I was just visiting the church. I had come from another church and I had been so hurt that I vowed that I would never, ever work in ministry. Never, ever. And when you came up to pray, this is what was going through my mind. I was crying and struggling with the Lord and telling him, Lord, I, don't want, I came here because I need to be healed. And the Lord kept telling her, you're going to rise up and you're going to work in ministry. Lord, no, you know how hurt I've been? You're going to work in ministry. And she kept on struggling to the point where she said, you know what, God? If the pastor's wife comes and prays for me, then I'm going to take this. I didn't know what she was talking with God about, but... He knew, and he orchestrated it and said, would you mind to go and pray for her? So when God places in your heart to pray for somebody, don't go to Pastor E and say, Pastor E, someone needs prayer. No. God can use all of us. Let's be obedient. There's another prayer, and it's in 2 Kings 20, 1 through 6. And this one was done by King Hezekiah. You know what it is? A prophet comes to you and says, this is it. Your days are over. 
King Hezekiah prays, and he says this. It says, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. But it doesn't stop there. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before and faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes? And then he stopped praying because all he could do was cry. And he wept bitterly. But you know what happened? God orchestrates things. Before Isaiah had left in the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the rule of my people, that this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and the city from the hands of the king of Syria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Hallelujah. And if you hear this prayer, it wasn't so much what Hezekiah had said to the Lord. You know, I've been faithful to you. God honored his forefathers. What you do for the Lord now, you may not see the reward. But you know what? I'd rather have my reward up there in heaven where nothing can touch it, as the scripture tells us. Someone else prayed in a very dire moment. Christ from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He also prayed, truly I tell you today, he tells the thief right next to him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And that word that he declared answered his prayer. Jesus called out with a voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last breath. But you know what? Prayer still matters today. Many of us saw that movie, War Room. It was a wonderful, impacting movie. But then may I ask you, how many of you went on and created your own war room? How many of you have looked through scriptures that impact, give you strength, and help you in those difficult moments? Because the scripture, you can read it, and every time you read it, it has like a different meaning depending on what you're going through. But if we took the time to select certain scriptures and to repeat them out loud if necessary so that those words can control our thoughts and help us remember that his word will come to pass in our lives. The word is there not only for us to read it, but for us to live it in our own lives so that when we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, 
Okay, it was said in scripture, but I want to be able to say it because I'm living a difficult moment and I can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember I worked here at a middle school and at the end of the year we had a senior trip to Six Flags Great Adventure. So the students were bringing in the money and I had it in an envelope and it was a long week and I didn't want to leave it at the school. So I took it, left it at home in a safe place. I went to school one morning. The principal says, okay, we got to give the deposit. I said, okay, no problem. Went home. I couldn't find the envelope. But I remembered that I had heard my pastor praying that whenever he had difficulties finding things, he'd pray and the Lord would tell him exactly where it was. So you know I was scared. So I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I don't know where that envelope is. But guide me, remind me, where did I put it? And I'm praying, and you may not believe it, but I just thought, look under your desk. So I went up, and when I looked under, I saw that yellow envelope. I started breathing again. The Lord can tell you. He can reveal himself to you. I remember one summer participating in Vacation Bible School. We had a very strict system where the kids were picked up and not until a parent arrived, but somehow one of the kids slipped by and one of the volunteers came and said, one of our kids are missing. Again, I went to the altar and I started to pray and I said, Lord, I don't know where this child is. And all of a sudden, he's whispering in my ears and I turn around and I tell two, three volunteers, go to his home, he's waiting at the door. They went to the house. The child was there at the door. Prayer matters. It makes a difference. And I only share this because I'm as human as you are. God has not chosen me over you. And God can reveal things to you as well. He can speak to you. There's so many ways. He speaks through us through scripture, through prayer, in a service, through worship. He's speaking to our lives. But prayer matters. In our marriages, Prayer matters. Scripture tells us in Ecclesiastics 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. So you know what? This is for a situation where there's two people, but I apply it to us. If all of a sudden you're thinking about someone, you know what? It wasn't really your idea. I believe that once we accept Christ and we become one body, he helps us help each other. I remember one time it was 4 o'clock in the morning and I woke up. It was a Tuesday. And I've learned that when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's not time to go and get a tranquilizer or, you know, drink something or drink milk or anything like that. I've learned that I wake up and I say, Lord, okay, who do you want me to pray for? And I started doing that. And that Tuesday when I woke up and I looked, I usually got up at 6 and I was like, oh, man, it's 4. And then, okay, okay, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? And all of a sudden, someone came to mind. And when I started to pray, the following words came out of my mouth. Lord, rebuke the spirit of suicide. Lord, rebuke the spirit of suicide. And I just started to pray that over this person. When Sunday came, I looked around and I didn't see this person. I told Pastor V. I need to go make a visit. I went to this person's home, and when I got there, greeted her. She wasn't that well. And after I had gotten there, a little while later, I said, you know why I'm here? I'm here because I want to be obedient to the Lord. On Tuesday at 4 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up, and 
He wanted me to pray for you. And I'm going to be bold enough to tell you what he was asking me to pray for. I hope I don't hurt your feelings. But he was asking me to rebuke the spirit of suicide. When I said that to her, her tears started to flow from her eyes. She said, you're the second person. I said, what do you mean? She said, I have been thinking about suicide. And I already have a plan. Her daughter was about to give birth. And she had made a little box with some baby clothes in her note that she was going to leave. But before I spoke to her, she had visited her daughter's mother-in-law. The minute she walked into the home, the mother-in-law was coming down the steps, and she started to speak in tongues and embraced her, and she started to rebuke the spirit of suicide. So all I was doing was confirming a word that the Lord had given to her already. You may feel like, oh, this person, they've already said that word over that person. You don't know. Just be obedient. And stop trying to rehearse. What am I going to say? You know, the spirit just flows and he gives you the words. And sometimes we don't even need to say words. Sometimes holding someone's hand. Sometimes embracing them. And especially, especially your presence. And I know Pastor Mark has spoken about that. Being present for people makes a big difference. You don't even have to come with bags and gifts. Your presence blesses them. Let's be obedient when the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray for someone else. In our families, how many of us have time or make the time? Because you have to be intentional about this. How many of you make the time to pray with your kids? Wow, it's silent. I thought I was going to see hands going up and up and up. It makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. Maybe your kids are rolling their eyes, sucking their teeth when you call them to come for prayer. But you know what? They mature eventually. And they remember that you knew how to pray. And that you knew what to do. I have a a daughter. She's in her 20s. But when she was a teenager, as teenagers can be, she had a moment And I remember going into her room. She was so upset, and all I did was hug her, and she was pushing away because she didn't want me. She didn't think that was a moment to pray, but I sure did. And I prayed, and things calmed down. I said, Lord, have your way. Have your way. And you know what? The more we speak to the Lord, the more we get to know him, and we see his nature. And the more we pray and speak to the Lord, the more he speaks to us. Sometimes we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we feel like Lord's not listening, but he is. Just because we don't see the answer to a prayer doesn't mean he isn't working. And when difficulties come your way, instead of saying, why me? Say, Lord, what do you want me to learn? What do you want me to learn? Because chances are, if you don't learn it, you're going to get that lesson again, and you're going to get it again. And when you get it again, you're going to realize you didn't learn last time, and that's why you're getting it again this time. So might as well say, Lord, help me. What do you want me to learn? Prayer matters. Hallelujah. The Bible says that prayer makes a difference. It changes things. Scripture never teaches that prayer is just a ritual or just affects the one who does the praying. It is true that there is no verse that says prayer changes things. Nevertheless, this is the clear teaching of the scripture. We are supposed to learn from the examples in the Bible as well as its statements of fact. 
The many examples of people who prayed and received answers clearly teaches us that prayer makes a huge difference in what happens on earth. Furthermore, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. And if you believe and you receive whatever you ask for in prayer, if you have asked for something before it can be done, then you play a significant role in getting God's work done on earth. Hallelujah. But I need to say something else about prayer as well. In Romans 8, it says the following. I consider that what we suffer at the present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For we know that up to the present time, all of creation groans with pain, like the pain of children. But it is not just creation alone that groans. We who have the spirit as the first of God's gift also groan with ourselves as we wait for God to make us his children and to set our whole being free. In the same way, the Holy Spirit also comes to help us, weak as we are. For we do not know what we ought to pray. Right? That happens a lot. The Spirit himself pleads with God for us in groans and words that cannot be expressed. And God, who sees into our hearts, knows what the thought of the Spirit is. Because the Spirit pleads with God on behalf of his people in accordance with his will. Years ago, it was a Sunday. I had been at church. It was nighttime. I was ready to go to sleep. And I was praying. As I was praying, all of a sudden, I just became so saddened. And I started to cry. And then I started to speak in tongues. I didn't even know what I was speaking. But then an image came to my mind. And that image was the son of one of our co-workers at work, who at that time was at Iraq. And all of a sudden, I'm praying, and I'm crying, and I'm praying, and I'm crying. And then I calm down, and I'm like, I don't know what that all was about, Lord, but let your will be done. The next morning, I get to work, and I go to the cafeteria. And when I see my co-worker, I ask her, how is your son? And she looked at me, and she said, Why? And I said, well, last night I was praying, and as I was praying, all of a sudden I just started to cry and explain to her what happened. Her tears were rolling down her eyes. She said, you have no idea. She said, what time was that at? I said, it was about 10.30. She said, my son called me shortly after 10.30. He was with his friend. His friend was shot. But my son tells me, Mom, I don't know. I should have run, but I just stood there. I said, Lord, in your mercy, you allowed me to pray for him all the way on the other side of the earth. And your angels went and took care of him. That's what I'm saying. We need to be obedient. When you pray, you don't have to know a lot of words. Just pray. Talk to him. Get into a closer relationship with him, and please don't just go to him, like I said in the beginning, when you need him, and that's it. Because we know how we are with people that come to us only when they need us. Do we even call them friends after a while? 
No. But how many of us are guilty in that way? We can't come to terms with creating a disciplined life of prayer, and yet we want God to make miracles happen in our lives. Now, let me also say it's not because you're praying and you have a disciplined life that God is going to manifest himself, because God will do what he wants to do with whomever he chooses. It's out of his grace and mercy. But if we became more devoted and we realized that prayer matters, that prayer makes a difference, I think we would think twice before occupying ourselves with other things and saying, no, Lord, I wake up, I want to give my first moments to you. I want to thank you because I woke up. I want to thank you because I didn't die last night because someone bombed my city. We don't know. We're living in such uncertain times that we don't know if we're going to make it to tomorrow. I wake up every day and I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. And when you learn that prayer matters because you experience it, no one can convince you otherwise. And I'm sure that if I had a moment to pass the mic around, all of you can share about moments in your lives that prayer made a difference. So please, next time when someone does ask you for prayer, put down what you need to put down and pray. The other day, someone said, can we come into agreement and pray and fast? I said, absolutely. And when we met at church, the person said, should we be doing something? I said, absolutely. I put my things down. I said, let's pray. Let's pray. Prayer takes the focus away from us, and it puts it on the Lord. And we need to say, Lord, let your will be done, not mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read the verse I read in the beginning in three different verses. Sometimes it speaks to you in a different way. In the easy-to-read version, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks for what you have. And because you belong to Christ Jesus, God's peace will stand guard over all your thoughts and feelings. His peace can do this far better than our own minds. God's word says it this way. Never worry about anything, but in every situation, let God know what you need in prayer and requests while giving thanks. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. And if you didn't get it that way, here's another one. God, the, the good news version says, don't worry about anything. But in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Always asking him with a thankful heart. And God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding, will help keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. Not many years ago, actually, I had heard this song. It's by Larnell Harris. And he entitled it, I miss my time with you. Does God say that about you? I don't know, but he misses his time with you. He sees you when you get up in the morning and you overslept and you kept snoozing and that's why you're growing up later and now you don't have time to pray and you're going out the door. He misses his time with you. In his song, he wrote, 
And he's writing about God looking at him. This is God. There he was just waiting in our own familiar place, an empty spot beside him where once I used to wait. To be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day, I would have passed him by if I didn't hear him say, I miss my time with you. Those moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you. And then when this person realizes that, yes, the Lord misses his time with you, he says, what will I have to offer? How can I truly care? My efforts have no meaning when your presence isn't there. But you'll provide the power if I take time to pray. I'll stay right here beside you, and you'll never have to say, I miss my time with you. Is the Lord saying that to you, or is he saying it to me? He misses his time with us. There are so many things that had we taken some time to pray before, he would have alerted us. How many times when you take that time to pray, does the Lord speak to you? Does the Lord encourage you? When you feed off of his word spiritually, it strengthens you for that day. And you know what? I don't know if you've thought about it this way, but the word of God has to be fed upon every day. We cannot wake up in the morning and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner all at one sitting and then expect for that to sustain us throughout the whole day. We need to read his word every day because every day as we read it, the Holy Spirit is in tune with us. And when we read it, he then gives us the application in our own lives. And he tells us as we're reading the word what he needs to tell you. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's a word that you read and later on someone else needs that word. I've made it a purpose, and I only share it so that it could encourage you. I get to work half an hour earlier than what I should, and it's to be able to do my devotional there as I get there, and I read it. And one morning, I was reading it, and as I'm reading it, I fall in my heart, share the word with this person. So I went, looked for her, and I said, may I share the devotional I had this morning? I fell in my heart, you needed to hear this. And as I'm sharing it, she is crying, and I felt to tell her, you don't need to tell me what your problem is. I'm not here for you to tell me. I just wanted to be obedient to share this word. When the Lord speaks to you, listen. As I said before, when we are obedient, we become the answer of someone else's prayer. How many of us, because of the circumstances we're going through, are so weak? We probably can't even speak. We probably can't even worship. But someone that's obedient can come and just embrace us and encourage us and can speak the word of God into our lives and can revive us and can help us realize that we can't give up because prayer matters. Can we think about this in our lives? Take a moment and say, Lord, I believe that prayer does matter. I want it to matter more in my life. Instead of making so many decisions that you've made, 
Why not say, let's take a moment and pray and seek God's wisdom to make this decision so that it can be aligned with his purpose? Because he sees what we do not see. Because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and thank God they are not. Because sometimes our vision is so short, we don't see beyond the door. We don't see beyond what we can see, but God can see it. Let's be obedient because prayer matters. And because I believe that prayer matters, I want to take a moment at this point, and I want to ask all those that are involved in education, whether you're leading a school, whether you're a teacher, an assistant, you work in the cafeteria, can you come forward this moment? I'd like to say a word of prayer over your life. Because only God knows what's going to happen this year. But all of these people that are, we're going to pray for, they are ag agents of change. They make an impact. They are being read by their co-workers. Many co-workers rely on them for hope, for strength. And we want to say a special prayer today. All those that are in education, whether you're teachers, directors, teachers, aides, cafeteria, you're serving, even if you're a bus driver, come up here because you impact those kids as they start getting on your bus. And maybe if you had a different attitude and maybe if you realize that prayer matters, you will start making a difference. And I would challenge the teachers, get that list next to you when you pray and pray for each one of those kids. The Lord has given me a blessing, and I've been an educator for 30 years. Now it's my 31st. And I always pray for my students. And one of the aides one time came to me and said, you know, I've watched you. And I've seen the difference you make in the kids, and I can't figure out how is it that you do it. And I just pointed like this. And I said, it's the grace of God, and I pray for the kids. She says, yeah, you've told me that, but it's something else. I said, no, that's what it is. It's the grace of God. And he just uses me as an instrument. 